This is Hemi. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast mm-hmm. and give us the reviews and the stars or whatever it is people do during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, hey, hello. Spe- speaking of the reviews, we have officially hit whatever arbitrary number I picked. So at the end, I'm going to read one of the five-star reviews. Woo-hoo. Maybe I'll always read a one-star review too to really put you in your place. That's JK, that's it's going to be mean about me. <laughs> um, hey, Hammond, hey. I was watching TV yesterday uh-huh, uh-huh. and two days ago uh-huh. and I saw this nerd. Uh-huh. Um, and he won some money. So I guess what I'm wondering is how much of that haven't won an episode of Jeopardy. I won. Spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. It's done now. Um, yeah, I won an episode. I went back for day two, mm-hmm. uh, which was Thursday. You did and lose that one, I noticed. I did lose that one. Totally legit, fair. I, I, here's what. You did really well, and you missed both Final Jeopardy questions. I totally which did. Which is embarrassing, You know huh? what was weird? So I watched, uh, I was there, they taped five episodes mm-hmm. in a day. So mm-hmm. I was sitting in the audience Monday and Tuesday, mm-hmm. quote unquote. I was picked to play on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I stayed through till Thursday, and then I lost, and then I watched Friday. Um, I knew Final Jeopardy on Monday. Uh-huh. I wasn't playing. I knew the one for today's game on Friday, <laughs> um, and I I did not know the middle three, and it just so happened two of those four oh, games I was so in. Funny. But uh, it, it's such a luck of the draw thing in terms of which categories and stuff. But uh, it was such an amazing experience. I'm so happy like you, that I can finally talk about it I with people. Know. You were really um, good at it. Thanks. I, uh, my, my, I watched it with Mikey yesterday, and he yeah. was like, "He's really smart." Like, yeah, <laughs> I talking, no, but there's. A couple of the categories came up, and I was like, oh, he's going to be awesome at this. Most notably for this podcast is Books of the Bible. Yeah, that was, was in Double Jeopardy on in the second Jeopardy. day. And I was like, okay, uh-huh. I, I have no idea what the background is of the two competitors, uh-huh. but I'm like, I'm feeling all right. The woman in the middle seemed to know her shit. She was from the, I, she's from Maine. Yes. Um, but she knew country music, and I'm like, oh, no, that probably means she knows <laughs> Christianity, too. <laughs> Um, that one and the Hugh Jackman came up. I'm like, oh, he's boned. <laughs> this is it for him. I think we talked briefly, and she said she got one right, and she found her way to the answer. She mm-hmm. didn't know it, but we fig- we both figured it out the same way. Um, but she beat me to the buzzer. The question oh. had a bunch of numbers written out, and they were like, which book is this from? She's like, oh. well, I think it's numbers. Yeah. And she was right. She beat me to it. The other one, she said, Revelations. I could... She was wrong. I said revelation. I got you it right. You really well actually her in that But one. then the next two questions, the harder uh-huh. clues, I'm like, oh, I wasn't sure about it, but I got it right. I That same thing happened again. I wasn't sure about it, but I got it right. You know what? I'm going to avoid the $2,000 category because I think this is about the... Pushing ex- your luck? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, but I will say, like, uh, it was... There were some categories. I remember the first batch of categories I saw and I'm like, oh God, I'm going to lose. <laughs> and and you did not ni- do well on and that I didn't first do well. round. Um, what a nightmare it would be because all of us who are playing are living out a dream come true right. and it's like, oh no, <laughs> it's every category we don't, it, there was one on alcohol, what do I know about alcohol? Literally You've nothing. heard me on this podcast <laughs> try to distinguish wine. There were a couple that I saw and I was like, he needs me in this. Like, <laughs> he done fucked up. Yeah. What did, uh, oh, I was really excited that you got a potent potables. That's like I got a one. classic, yes. but it's like a, that you got that a category. Classic category. Good yes. category. Um, Les Mis, that was rough. I could have helped you there. Yes. I'm going through the tweets. Um, <laughs> I did enjoy the tweets that are like, how did a blogger win? I'm like, yeah, oh, really? suck it. <laughs> 
Um, um, I did tell you to stay in your lane because you made Alex Trebek laugh, and I didn't. I'm the funny one here. I have nothing else going anymore. It Wine was questions. the first day they they asked me, "What do you want to talk about?" I said a few different things, and one of them was, "I'll talk about the I'm I sold my soul on eBay," and mm. that is what he talked about the first day. The second day, I had a couple other stories, but he just talked about. He just decided, nah, boring. <laughs> Let's talk about like you're from Naperville, and so is James Holzhauer, who is amazing on the yeah. show. So that was all ad libbed, and I was like, nah, I don't yeah, want to. It was good. It was very charming. Hopefully, um, I was super stoked because the girl, the woman on the far right, was talking about her podcast. I was like, yes, yes he's we were talking. Bring me up. Um, we were talking about that backstage too, because I found out she did a podcast, uh-huh. and so of course I have questions about that. So <laughs> about, it was cool. We is talked. yours good? Do people listen to it, <laughs> and why? I assume that for everybody, the answer is always. You think people listen to a podcast? <laughs> uh, so I was just like, oh, cool. Like I was kind of, what equipment do you use? How often do you tape? I'm uh-huh. very curious about this stuff. Um, and then coincidentally, she was picked to play in the game oh, that funny. I was in. But it, that's going to be with everybody, you know? We're sure. all in this mix. We're all like, we're all going to play against each other right. probably if we do well. Right. And so it was cool because I did get to know some of the people I competed against, literally. Mm-hmm. And they were they were all sweet. Oh, and like, sure. I'm, I've been following them on social media as well. And we all kind of have been through the same experience over the past week. Mm-hmm. And so it is kind of nice that... Um, I lucked out in the sense that, like, I'm a dude. No one's sending me creepy messages. They will roast the hell out of me, uh-huh. which is kind of funny when I was wa- like watching Twitter. It's like, who is the brown guy with the name I can't pronounce? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's me. Um, but, like, I imagine some of the women on the... I was getting messages on their behalf. They're no. like, set me up with this. I'm like... I didn't Ew. respond, but I'm like, oh God, I'm sure, I'm sure they're getting worse messages. So I avoided that. I'm just warning you, there's a small child walking behind my house. Daddy has not spotted him yet, but if you hear a bark, it's <laughs> there because there's a toddler. I'm trying to think of any other stories that I couldn't share with you until now, which is, uh, I'm trying to think. I was so oh. in a daze after winning uh, the first day because I didn't know the answer, but I just bet wisely and yes. I won. But they gave me about 10 minutes to change clothes and come right back out for the next day's oh. game. That was the gap, It was 10 that minutes. turnaround? Wow. Actually, I lie. It happened on... That's the normal gap. Mm-hmm. Um, after they taped our first episode, it was lunchtime. Oh. So I actually went to lunch with the competitors who had not competed yet, two of whom were I was about to yeah. compete with, but I didn't know it yet. <sighs> oh, so you... Oh, wow. Like, they didn't tell us until we got back. But uh, it was... They go so fast. Sure. And so... Uh, before the Wednesday game that I played in, like we all watched the Tuesday game and it was interesting. We watched it. And then after it was done, the audience claps, they kind of dim the lights and it's over. Mm-hmm. The production yep, is over. So- and they're all, the producers just came to where all of us were sitting. Like, all right, Wednesday's game is Hammond and this other person. It's like, oh, okay, go back to touch up your makeup, get back out here, let's go. Were your palms sweaty? My palms are sweaty <laughs> just thinking about it. A little bit, Yeah, a little bit. It's just like, okay, I mean, I knew this was going to happen, I just didn't know when, it's happening. Is it, do you think it's a technique that they used so you don't, like, scope out your opponents? They don't tell you, like... I don't know, I don't know what the or rhyme or like, reason is. they don't fucking know, they'll, and I don't they'll know do if, what we tell them. I don't know if they picked out... I don't know if they knew I was playing Wednesday, like, before I even showed up. Like, I don't mm. know how early in advance. I do know they go through so many layers of security for which questions they ask you. Oh, I bet. That even the writers don't know which questions you're going to get mm. until the game begins. And they say, this is the set we're going with. Daddy. So it was, it was cool to 
it was cool to watch it. Like as a, oh, this is what goes on behind the scenes when mm-hmm. all this is happening. Um, I didn't get to talk to some people. Like once they lost, if they lost in the early shows, they kind of left. Oh, sure. So it's like, oh. Cried I, into their coffee. I, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I can tell you this. After I lost, I felt good in the sense that, you know what? I lost it on my own merit. I just mm. didn't know the answer. If mm-hmm. I had known the answer, I would have won. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, any mistakes I made, it didn't cost me the game. It was just like, oh, I didn't get enough, but yeah. it was fine. Yeah. So like after I lost, I'm just like, oh, well, whatever. I still won a game. Can't take that and that's from me. Awesome. That was super exciting. I will say the so. moment that you won the first game, it's the most expressive I've ever seen you, and I've known you <laughs> for like seven years. <laughs> That's awesome. God, more than that. I've known you since 2012. <laughs> oh, buddy. It was cool. Uh, it was unexpected. <laughs> I've known you through your wedding. I know, right? of your children. Yeah. It was the happiest I've ever seen I'm you. I'm trying to think of anything. I will say to anyone listening who watched, I, so many people reached out and sent messages that were just really sweet mm-hmm. and nice. Like, hey, I saw it. Thank you for being something nice to look forward to during the pandemic, yeah. which was sweet. Uh, but thank you so much for all those nice messages. And... I will say it's kind of as much as I would love to keep playing. Sure. Um, it's like, okay, cool. That was a neat experience. And now I can move on and do some other stuff. I don't know what. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. I would, I, I'm not even joking. If you are listening and you have any interest in that show, they let you take the test anytime now. Mm. Go do it. It's not a, it's not a scam. Like, <laughs> for real. Take the test if you're interested. Uh, it may take a few tries. Uh-huh. I, I, I was the one of the women I played against. Yep. She said this in her interview too. Mm-hmm. But we were talking. She was in the shuttle on my way to the studio. Mm-hmm. Like stopped, picked me up, picked her up as well. She was saying two things. One was like she had been auditioning for like since 2002. Yeah, and this was the first time she got called to play. Um, which is the case for a lot of people, including a lot of longtime champions. Sure. Um, and also she said they gave her a choice. They're like, you're going to tape on this day. And she had a family vacation booked, paid, planned. <gasps> and they, she had to make a decision. What do you want to do? Cause oh, she's no. like, if I say no, will I be allowed to come back on the show at a later date? They were like, Oh no. no. Like we can't promise you that. And so she had to make a decision. She's like, well, this I can never do again. Right. So I'm coming on the show, which like I think she had a lot of family support too, saying sure. no, you got to do this. Oh God, I would one hundred percent be on that. Forget side. the trip, but I was like, yeah, a lot of people sacrifice a lot to be there, and mm-hmm. we're lucky enough to get that opportunity. Uh, but it, I didn't think it would happen. It happened. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I would encourage you to audition. It was. I will kind of miss the. I spent six weeks cramming like crazy, and I haven't done that since college. Like studying how, for stuff. But how do you? This is what Mikey kept asking. Like, yeah. how do you even begin to study yeah. all of the knowledge? All of the knowledge. <laughs> there are some categories you know they're probably going to get to, which okay. is I knew my world capitals back and forth. Mm. They didn't ask me anything about them. They asked world languages, which I knew nothing about. Yeah, but I did. studied all the the capitals. I studied the synopses of all the Shakespeare plays. I studied oh. books and authors for mm-hmm. sure, uh, as much as I could. Um, there are like the trivia guides that are like, okay, when it comes to science, here's some stuff you should know. What is the science of light? Uh It's optics. Am I right? I don't know about that. Like, it's that sort of thing where it's like, if you see the word light, you're, you better know that they're talking about this. Or like the, um, I will, I I got a question about, uh, alcohol. Mm -hmm. I made a spreadsheet for alcohol, trying to keep track of all the rums. (laughs) I'm not even joking. You should see this. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, but the one thing I came across was like, 
a Gibson martini has an onion. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm like, what onion. the hell would it have an onion it's in it? Onion. And that question came up. Um, actually talking yeah, yeah. on the shuttle to, to the woman from Maine, she's like, oh, I'm from Maine and L.L. Bean is a big deal where I'm from. Uh, oh, and yeah, then they asked me a question about that. I'm like, mm, glad I'm not playing her in this game or otherwise you'd be pissed. Yeah. Um, but you try to study the big things. There are guides that online that can try to help you. But I will say the biggest thing that I used to study was they have an archive online of every game sure. and every question that was asked. It's not the video of the show. Mm-hmm. It's just here's the question, here's the answer, here's all the keep track here's who buzzed mm-hmm. in and got it right. But I just played those games on repeat, like several Jeez. at a time, like binge playing. Well, and the speed and that of the recall that you have to have is wild. Because yeah. there's definitely a lot that I would have gotten if I had like a more time to think and, about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was really, really impressive. Um, Thanks. Yeah, it was it was It cool. was really fun to watch. Like I was nervous <laughs> <laughs> on your behalf. Yeah. It was I can't think of I mean, this is generally the first time I've seen anybody compete on yeah. TV. So it was a wild experience. And I I do come, have videos somewhere. I didn't post this because I, I I'm just not the type to post this sort of thing online, but I asked uh my wife, like, hey, get a video of my parents as the final Jeopardy comes on, because oh, I know yeah. I won. Like, and they don't know. I didn't tell anybody. Um, and so we videotaped them and you could just, it took them a minute to figure out, oh, you lost the, you missed the question. Yeah, but you, oh, 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 you did good math. That was funny. Um, what was I, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, no, it was very, very cool. Oh no, I know. Uh, people kept, when I said, oh my God, he won. I got all these replies like, you knew though. And I was like, no, no, he didn't tell me, he didn't tell me shit. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't tell anybody. Like, I I think I've known longer than you've talked about it, that you were like trying, you are in the process of getting on. But like, as soon as you recorded, you, you said what you said on this show and have said nothing else to me. Yeah. I I will say like, if anyone asks me questions, I'm happy to answer them. Otherwise, listen, if you hear me talking about the show, like a week or two from now, just slap me. You have permission. Like, Um, it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm good. And hear me out. It was a really cool experience that not many people have. And you can like, I'm saying, you can you dine out on it as long as you need to. Give me a week. And then if I'm <laughs> still talking about it voluntarily, shut me up, please. Oh, God. Uh, let's, let's talk about some other stuff going oh, on. Yeah. Before we jump yeah. in, I owe a uh, thank you to at formerly underscore naive. Um, I don't know their name. <laughs> um, but if you remember a few episodes ago. We were, I don't remember the context, but we were talking about some dumb shit that was happening in Kentucky. <laughs> and then he told me that the name of this the city. The city that it was happening in was named Whitesburg, <laughs> which is the funniest thing Jess has ever heard in her <laughs> I don't life. I know why, it just tickled me. Um, and this person reached out and was like, what's up? I'm from Whitesburg. And they sent me a t-shirt. And it's it's the outline of Kentucky uh-huh. and it says the word Whitesburg, Whitesburg on it. And it is like. I've been wearing it for an hour and it's already cracking. Like it's a, it's great. You love I love it. everything about it. I'm going to live in this shirt. From they also sent me a second one that's bright pink. And oh my it, God. It's a little much for me, but this one is the shirt of my dreams <laughs> and I'm so happy with you it. You look like that office episode where they had to hold their race to their forehead. <laughs> well, I did. I just, <laughs> I was very self-conscious of it because it's uh, warm here in the Chicago suburbs today. So I had my uh, front door, or not my front door, my got like a sliding back door to go to like a fenced in little patio thing that's over the garage. <laughs> and my next door neighbors, it's a townhome, so our, like the railings are two feet apart. And so I had the door open so Dottie could like be outside. 
And I hear her barking, and it's like, she's seen some human people. And it's my neighbor's kids, who are probably junior high age, and they're um, they're Western, uh, West Asian family. And I walked out, I was like, oh, hey, guys. And I was like, fuck me, I'm wearing this Whitesburg shirt. <laughs> they're going to charge me for a hate crime, and they'd be right. <laughs> and then I went up to talk to my husband, who's on a video conference. And I was like, guys, look at my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> they get my brand. Anyway, thank you that so much. That is awesome. It, it just genuinely is bringing me a whole lot of joy in this very dark time in our life. <laughs> so speaking of which, I've been fascinated by all the evangelists who are just saying all the horrible things during the crisis. The funny thing is they used to say like a month ago, like this thing will be over and you could thank God oh, for it. it's so good. Um, my favorite must be televangelist Kenneth Copeland who said a couple of weeks ago the pandemic would be over, I'm quoting here, be over much sooner than you think. <laughs> it was not. No. Um, he delivered a prayer last week where he's like, COVID-19, it is done. It is finished. When was this? This was several, several days ago. And then yesterday, as we're recording this, he posted, this time, this is the funniest thing. He has the prayer. He's going to yell out his prayer because that's what he does. He, he yells prayers? He yells it out. Because that's the only way God can hear. Oh. <laughs> He's surrounded by four guys. His, his I don't know what you call them, hype men. Hype um, men? But this his time, his, yes, his <laughs> church is empty, which is good. But he's yelling in front of an empty church, which the visuals of that alone is great. Oof. But this time, oh my God, you got to see this video. It's just him yelling, yelling at the virus. <laughs> Or technically yelling at Satan, because that is the virus, oh, saying, sure. like, bow your knees. You fall on your face to the virus. And then, my favorite, COVID-19. And he spits at COVID-19. Dude, sir. Yeah, I blow the wind of God on you. You are destroyed forever, and you'll never be back. Sir, we're in a pandemic. Could you not spit? I know. And then the funniest thing is those four guys are all repeating everything he says. So after he spit, you hear this beat, and then... (laughs) All the guys spit, too. Oh, my God. They're all... Like, okay... Here's the thing. I'm sure some people are hearing that and they're like, okay, but he's a kooky evangelist. He doesn't represent all Christians, which may be legit, even though he does have a lot of followers. By one estimate, this guy is worth $760 million. He has some followers, but it's not just him. There is a Christian preacher, Andrew Womack, who has said in the past that he raised two babies from the dead. He told the camera, because he hosts a talk show, he's like... Uh, The Bible says no sickness will come nigh our dwelling. God will turn off sickness, according to his interpretation of the Bible. You know, whatever receptors you have in your body that make you receptive to sickness, he'll turn it off. Not just God's going to make the pandemic or the virus disappear. He's going to, like, alter your genes (laughs) to make it happen. That's neat. And then there's uh, E.W. Jackson, who ran for lieutenant governor of Virginia, who is also a pastor, uh, who said he's free of the virus, fine, uh, because he talked to God about it, not because anything else. But he said, you can be free from it, too. You don't have to get it. If you guys believe in God, you don't have to. Hallelujah. And if you don't have to, then don't. 
Which I mean, that's is... fail-proof logic. There you go. So the way so many people are talking, and those are just the televangelists talking to their usual flock. I mean, I'm used to those guys saying crazy stuff. They're crazy, but they're not necessarily dangerous because they always say crazy things to the camera. What scares me is how many pastors are literally trying to talk to their congregations. Yeah, um, that's been a major problem, and uh, we've seen it kind of all across the country. Of, and I guess this is sort of the the um, the ultimate conclusion of this: churches have special privileges mm-hmm. in our in our nation, which makes sense to some extent when we're talking about the First Amendment, when we're talking about separation of church and state. However, they seem to have taken that and run with it to the point where they think, well, the law doesn't apply to us. And we've seen yeah. that all over the place. We see that in the Catholic Church with, with abuse scandals. We, I mean, it's... Where they're like, oh, you're changing the law to allow more people to file lawsuits over child abuse cases, sex abuse cases that happened decades ago? Right. No. Yeah. It's um, like, it's not against Catholics. It's against child abuse. But if you're affected, like... That says something that the Catholic Church tends to be the biggest group speaking out against those types of laws. And this seems to be like the logical conclusion of, okay, well, we as a nation decided that that's absolutely not true. Some states states decided that the best way to flatten this curve is to issue stay-at-home orders for people to, to shelter in place, all that. And churches are like, actually, no, like we don't, we answer to God, not to the law. <laughs> well, some of them have argued that in some states they said essential services are allowed to be open. So grocery stores can be open even if there's a lot of people inside. Uh, you're allowed to go to the grocery store. Right. And a lot of these churches are saying, well, we're an essential service too. And it's like, no, you can live stream and people will be okay. Right. And their whole argument is, no, we are essential. Just because the government is liberal doesn't mean we're not essential. Which like, is... they're offended by that designation. Except it's like, no, those non-essential rules, like, it's not anti-religion. It applies to everybody. So yeah. you're not going to get away in court, theoretically, yeah. saying, no, we deserve, this is anti-religious if you shut down the church. There is, we talked about this last week. If a governor says, no, there's a shutdown in effect, you can't have gatherings larger than 10 people or whatever it is, as long as they do a blanket rule like that, right? churches are included in there. Just for the same reason they can't build a building that houses a lot of people and not have a fire extinguisher or not build it to fire code or whatever. The government can set rules that apply to everybody. Mm -hmm. Churches are included in everybody. Mm -hmm. So these shutdown laws, these stay-at-home rules, they apply to churches too. So it's not anti-religious. But I read there was one piece that we wrote about uh, on our site where this is written by a conservative author, and he's basically saying, look at, don't pay attention, he says in part of his piece, this is Rod Dreher writing, don't pay attention to the kooks and the crazies who are like trying to keep their churches open. He said almost nine out of ten churches have closed. So we did some math. That's not that many. That's not that many. By one estimate, we are talking about 32,000 churches then that are still open by this conservative's logic mm-hmm. Which he didn't say that number anywhere. But, right. And, and again, where's he citing his sources from? You can't just say numbers. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what his source was for that. But the point is, like, you've heard about a couple pastors who are like, I'm keeping my church open. And yeah, they run mega churches. This is a problem. But smaller churches that are trying to stay open are also a problem, but they're right. just not getting the media attention. And they need to shut down. Look, all these places, especially the mega churches, 
can easily deliver a sermon via live stream. You don't need to be there. It's just harder to collect money when you're doing it on YouTube or something or Facebook. Yeah. Which um, is maybe one reason they're desperately trying to hold these in-person services. Um, yeah, actually just down the road from where we're recording is the uh, Cavalry Church in Naperville. We talked about that last week, I think, briefly. Um, but since we talked about um, Reverend uh, Angel or Angel, yeah, uh, Escamilla, I assume, um, he tested positive for covid and that was last week. Last or two week, weeks ago, and yeah. he has since died. Yeah, um, and this and is a church that did not tell people he was infected, or mm-hmm. they said don't talk to the media about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean, it's tragic. It's people lost somebody who means a lot to them. Yeah, but also, how many people are going to die as a result of them not shutting down quickly enough, right. or not? Like letting people know that they're at risk and therefore they should shelter in place or you know quarantine themselves. So they're driven by it. that church a lot. That parking lot is full a lot, and I wonder what's happening there. I don't. Yeah, know. I, I our dog park is still open, which I'm grateful for because my dog would literally like climb up the walls if it wasn't, and it's right by that church. So I'm always like eagle eyed on <laughs> on that parking lot. Lately, this week it's not been very full, which is good. Let's talk about the pastor who's probably the most egregious when it comes to flaunting all these rules. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown, who is a pastor in Tampa Bay, Florida, he was the one who held services last week where he's basically daring the government to come after him. Uh, He held a service last Sunday. He said, no, we're totally observing, you know, family groups are spread of six feet apart Except they have video. He videotaped the sermon. He played. I mean, we saw the live stream. They're not far apart. So, like, whatever distancing he said he was doing, they were not doing. And in Hillsborough County, the sheriff basically put out a warrant for his arrest. They did arrest him last week after that service. He paid bail. He was out after 30 minutes. But we have a picture of the mugshot. Um, but, like, this guy knew he would. it would happen. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing was wrong. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to try to pretend to be a Christian martyr. Like, that's the game plan if you're him. Um, And by the way, he's also hired a lawyer. Who's his lawyer? Who? Roy Moore. Child molester, allegedly. Roy Moore. Oh, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. Oh. Uh, That's Tony Shell's Louisiana. There's the Louisiana pastor, maybe, has Roy Moore as a lawyer. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown has uh, uh, one of the Christian groups as a lawyer. But again, their whole thing is, no, he's a pastor. He's allowed to hold church services. The government doesn't get to tell churches what to do. Right. Which, no, yes, they do. They can totally tell you what to do. Right. So I think this is sort of a really interesting sort of thought exercise to go through because this story that you just told me of a pastor knows he's not supposed to do a thing, doesn't want the government telling him what to do, so he defies the law and, you know, dares people to to hold him accountable. That's exactly what they did with the political shit two years ago of, oh, well, you know, we're not supposed to, if we're a nonprofit or if we're a church, we're not supposed to tell people who to vote for, but I'm going to fucking do it anyway. You guys come and get me if you think, you know, if you think I'm so bad. And like, fuck you guys. It's the exact same mindset of, these rules do not apply to me. So and it's only rules you. they don't want to follow. Right, don't apply to me because I'm religious. And before it was, it, it was a problem based on principle, right? Like we we give outlines like if you want to be a nonprofit, fine. He, here are some guidelines to work within, and yeah, we can discuss whether or not those are fair. 
but but they're there. And so this is, again, the next step is, fuck you, government. You can't tell me what to do. I answer to God. I don't answer to the president or the governor or the mayor. So it's the same thing. They think they live in their own separate world, and fine, but unfortunately... In a pandemic? In a pandemic, you're still shopping at the same grocery stores as my, you know, 97-year-old grandmother. That's not true. She's not grocery shopping. <laughs> but, like, still, it's, it, you know, whatever. Uh, in Florida, the governor, Ron DeSantis, issued a stay-at-home order, finally, after, like, Fuck spring break. Oh, my God. People on and beaches. And he was like, did y'all hear? You can actually get this even if you... You can spread it even if you're asymptomatic. That was Georgia. That was Georgia? That was oh, yeah, Georgia's that was Stacey Abrams, guy, what yeah. should have been. Uh, but in Florida, they weren't doing it. They let people stay out. He finally <laughs> issued a stay-at-home order, but he said churches were, were exempted from that rule, so then, what's the point? Of then what's the point of anything? anything? Uh, the mayor of Tampa, Jane Castor, said, "Well, guess what? I'm the mayor, and my laws apply to my region. So mm-hmm. guess what? To this pastor, Rodney Howard Brown, you still can't have gatherings. Um, so what are you going to do about that, basically? And guess what? DeSantis did. Then hours later, he issued a follow up to his original order, saying, "No, my." order overrides local ordinances so he theoretically could meet now which again what's the point if you're gonna let churches meet then what is the point of a stay-at-home order none when you say well some people are allowed to gather and spread the virus like again this isn't contained to where you meet for church Mm. this is not a virus that only would hurt those people in the churches because those people go grocery shopping too. Mm -hmm. They have families. Yep. So it affects everybody when they meet. So, I mean, in Florida, he's actively working to spread the virus. The governor is. Yeah. And it's happening in all these Republican led states. Because when you're anti-science, like why would they start listening to scientists now? Like that's the problem with all this shit. Like when we talk about, when we talk about like, Oh, this, governor is a creationist or this mayor is an anti-vaxxer that's all well and good in sort of in a vacuum like in theory people can believe whatever they want to believe but as as long as they govern with the benefit of everybody in mind but this is what happens when we put people in charge who don't don't give a shit about science and and actively despise anybody with any kind of scientific authority. Right. They think they're snobs. And, and we were saying that in the federal government, too. Yes. What happens when you elect like someone who doesn't care, surrounded by people who actively oppose science? Like, all this shit's going to happen. We're somehow lucky that one scientist or two have broken through in press conferences, right. like Fauci saying normal stuff. And it's like, yeah, but that should be everybody, and it's not. And you know what? I was just talking to a friend today, and I was like, are we supposed to wear... And I just got... There's a CDC update that says we're supposed to wear masks now. Uh But my friend was talking to me about it, and she's like, I don't know, I guess the White House said we're going to start having to wear masks in public. And I was like, but I don't know if I can trust the White House, because I don't know if he's just pulling shit out of his ass and saying something, or if it's actually going to be prevent anything i don't know because i don't have anybody in authority i can trust and that's terrible and i am a person who actively seeks out the the scientifically right thing to do and if i'm i'm sitting here like i don't fucking know if that's the right thing to do or not like what's whatever what does everyone else what does everybody else do all i do is think about this bullshit all day and night like people have lives i don't (laughs) i do this podcast yeah (laughs) 
Uh, and yeah, just want them to be sensible. Again, everything sucks. We know everything sucks, but it would help if people in charge actually listened to people who knew what they were doing. They're not because we elected the wrong. Well, we. We. Some people elected the wrong people. White people. Um, I'll, take, I'll, I'll take the hit for that one. White people did it. Do you want a good news for a second before we go back to pandemic stuff? Okay. This is kind of good news. Kind of good news kind of good news. Yeah. for good news. We've talked about this before, so I'll try to keep this short. But basically, the question is, who has legal authority to perform a marriage wedding ceremony? Oh, yeah. We've talked about it. It's like in most states... Uh, Religious people have the right to con- perform the wedding. That's why priests will do a wedding mm-hmm. or a judge. But what if you're an atheist who wants to perform your friend's wedding? A lot of atheists will say, oh, well, I'll go online, get my ordination from an online church, pay a few bucks, mm-hmm. get ordained, and now I can do the wedding, which is true. But it means you had to go through the steps to become a priest, even for a fake online church. Right. But you had to become a priest to do it. Why? Because in your state, maybe, Mm -hmm. the law requires you to be a religious leader in order to do it. What if you're just an atheist who says, hey, look, these are my two friends getting married. They want me to do the wedding. I want to do it. And better yet, if you say there has to be some level of training for everybody who does it, and religious leaders get that training by default... Um, what about trained humanist celebrants who have gone through a training process by an organization that actually laid out, this is stuff you need to know. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be more qualified right. than someone who spent five minutes and five bucks online? Well, you would think. But in some states, Michigan was one of them. Mm-hmm. They were not on the list. If you were a registered, trained, secular celebrant, mm-hmm. you could not perform a wedding. You were not on the list. You were not counted unless you were ordained with a religious group. So there was a lawsuit over this years ago. I think it started uh, a couple of years ago. 2018 is when this started basically to plaintiffs with the Center for Inquiry. Two plaintiffs that they were working with said, we have friends that want us to perform their weddings. Mm -hmm. We're not allowed to do it in Michigan. We should be allowed to do it in Michigan. We have training. We know what we're doing. They want us. This is timely. Let us do it. And that lawsuit um, went on. Now, here's the thing. Uh, The state basically said, uh, I'm going to confuse some of the details here, but basically here's what happened this week. I'll cut to what's happening now. The state of Michigan, which is now democratically controlled, basically said, we're not going to fight you on this. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Mm -hmm. They basically said, you know what? We're not going to fight you in court. You can have this win. But the way they did it is to say the current law includes you in the way it's worded. You're already included. There's nothing to fight about. Mm -hmm. So, yay, they dropped the case. that just applies to celebrants, though, That applies to secular celebrants. It's not like it's changed the law or anything. They're just saying, look, we know you thought that based on what it said, you're not included. But you really are, so don't worry about it. Go, go. you can perform the wedding. We'll count it. Mm -hmm. Go away. Let's move on to other stuff. So good news, they won. The downside is there is no reason a future conservative administration can't go back and say... Yeah, no, you interpreted it wrongly, and we're going to hold to what it actually says. Mm. So, like, you wanted the courts to say the current law is illegal. Instead, the state of Michigan said, we're not going to fight you. You can have it. Mm -hmm. So it's a victory, but it's not a permanent victory, and that's the downside. Yeah. But I thought there's a little bit of good news in there. Like, first of all, 
There's I, there's no reason they should limit it to religious groups. I don't feel any better after no? that story. I'll give you another happy one later. Okay. Um, oh, actually, I have a good news please, story. Please, go for it. So we talked last week, um, a few states have been, uh, so right now during the pandemic, they're uh, shutting down non-essential surgeries uh, for the most part to reserve equipment, PPE, all that stuff, time for uh, for people who are actively sick. Um, in some states, and Texas is one of them, they considered abortion to be a an elective surgery. In fact, whoever made this decision was like, you can do it one fucking ever, man. Like, this isn't time-pressing. Don't worry about it. And the irony is that Texas is like, if they have their druthers, like, well, you have to have an abortion within 35 seconds of conception, so, like, you better hurry up. So they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. However, um, a federal judge on Monday um, temporarily blocked Texas's ban on abortions, um, and they said that, officials said it was necessary to pervert, to See, I already said this. So the ruling came less than a week after Texas adoption abortion providers announced a lawsuit against top state officials challenging attorney Attorney General Ken Paxton's assertion that uh, Governor Greg Abbott's executive order banning all procedures deemed to be not medically necessary should be interpreted to include abortions. Um, So the the court granted the abortion providers' uh, motion to temporarily block the state from enforcing the order. and that will expire on April 13th. So what is that in English? Um, so we'll, we'll hear from U.S. Uh, District Judge Yee Lee Yeekel, I think. Uh, regarding a woman's right to a pre-fetal viability abortion, the Supreme Court has spoken clearly. There can be no outright ban on such a procedure. All patients accessing abortion... Uh, this is from Tara Paulmeyer. All patients accessing abortion deserve their care without delay. Um, access to reproductive health care is especially important during a public health crisis, and this really means Texans have access to much-needed care. Instead of trying to distract with ideology, state lawmakers like Governor Greg Abbott and uh, indicted indicted So basically, general? they're saying what? All the Republicans in Texas are trying to shut down abortion clinics under Be- the guise of like, pandemic. Oh, it, it, they're saying, oh, like abortions, A, aren't essential health care, B, can be done when the fuck ever, which is... Yeah. Clearly against their own mor- mor- morals regarding, uh, regarding <laughs> Wait, what do you want you to yeah, push back your abortion until the eighth month? Right, Is that exactly. what you want? Um, and uh, So one the, judge the, said The judge no. was like, actually, no, because... And this is why Roe v. Wade is so important, because they said the Supreme Court has decided that you cannot ban abortion, and this is an abortion ban. So right. it's good news for uh, for Texans, Temporary. at least for now, for the next week and a half, I guess. It's bizarre to me that a medical procedure, they're like, this is non-essential, it's optional. It's not, but it, I think in Texas, they kept gun stores open as essential. Sure. Because you got to shoot the virus. Yeah, I saw one really cool post that was like, hey, during this pandemic, remember, liberals don't have guns in their house. So if you need to, like, (laughs) hilarious, if you need to raid somebody, (laughs) so cool, you are enacting our biggest fear. It's not just Texas either. In other conservative states, Oh, no, no, that was a straight up and down Illinois post that I I saw. Uh, They'll they'll use anything they can to shut down abortion. Oh clinics. my god, absolutely! And and they have they are very transparent in what they're trying yeah. to do. This was just a uh, an excuse to to put pressure on abortion. And we'll see later. And again, surgery. If you made sure contraception was freely available, and you made sure early abortions were accessible, mm-hmm. and 
yeah, everyone like, had that option, then it wouldn't even be a surgery. Yeah. It's, just have a doctor on call. Like, yeah. It's not that complicated at first. And it's it's very interesting because we're seeing a lot of, um, a lot of uh, shaping the story from the right of, well, if Trump wasn't distracted by X, Y, Z, generally it was um, the, uh, what's it called, impeachment, you know. Um, if he wasn't distracted by impeachment, he would have known about this COVID thing beforehand, which is a... <laughs> he was golfing. Which he is a has buck time. wild assertion because we we have the receipts. Like, yeah. we know what's up. But then, so they're like, oh, we don't have time to do... We don't have time to hold people accountable for their actions What sort right of now. president is so dumb that they're like, oh, the impeachment's going on? He's not testifying. He's not testifying. Trump doesn't have to He's do anything. He's watching all fucking day. Like, put it but he can't do anything else. Yeah. And check, like, chat with a CDC official. Right. But in the same breath, I've got another story here that, um, where is it? Oh, yeah. Like, Trump is still pushing through federal judges in spite of COVID. Right. Mitch McConnell has said. Oh, he's uh, such a nightmare. He said, human. like, his goal is is to make sure there are no vacancies before the election. And there are still dozens and dozens of vacancies that he's trying to fill. And we've talked about this before. He's filling those vacancies with the youngest, dumbest conservatives he can find. Oh, my God. So that they can be bad for the future. Because even when Trump is gone, and if Democrats ever have a blue wave again, Mm -hmm. he still has infested the entire judiciary. So it won't matter. And this guy that they're really trying to push through. Justin Walker. Yeah. He's 37 years old. And he's been a judge for like six months. Like they already Um, pushed him through in a Kentucky (coughs) district court. So we had that job for like five, six months, and now six they're like, ago. let's give you a promotion because you're really young and dumb. And the American Bar Association said uh, it rates nominees, and it concluded last year that Walker was not qualified due to lack of experience. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, quote, of course we'll go back to judges. You know, Hugh, you and I have talked about this. My motto so for Hugh the- Hugh Hewitt, the radio host, Thank conservative. You. Um, you and I have talked about this before. My motto for the rest of the year is leave no vacancy behind. Meanwhile... April Which they 1st. can, because Republicans have a Senate majority. Yeah. But this also depends on them getting back in session and having hearings that they got to do formalities. And meanwhile, formalities. He's, not, he's not committing to passing another coronavirus relief right, bill, right, which right. is, I guarantee you... He doesn't like, care if people die. He, he just ju- wants his judges. And evangelicals care. who vote for these sort of people also don't care if people die. They're pro-life, but they don't care if you die. They just want conservative judges who will make sure fetuses survive the apocalypse. Right. They don't care if you're living and you die. Yeah, Brian uh, Brian Fallon of Demand Justice, he called McConnell's plan to keep on working on nominations outright ghoulish. Which Which is is the nicest thing I've ever heard anyone say about Mitch McConnell. (laughs) He's a fucking monster. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's so wild how people can hold this cognitive dissonance in their head of like, well, when... You know, of course, President Trump couldn't have been prepared for this COVID thing, even though he has known since January, because he was getting impeached and that took all of his time. And now that this should be taking up all of everybody's time, it's taking up all of our time and we're idiot (laughs) podcasters. What the fuck is Congress doing? Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, this should be taking up all their time. And maybe fucking take a seat, Mitch McConnell, and make sure people can eat tomorrow. Because April 1st just came and went. And I know a lot of people didn't pay, couldn't pay their rent, couldn't pay their mortgage, couldn't make it to the grocery store. <coughs> I'm whipping myself into a frenzy. People, I mean, so many people I know have lost jobs. And it takes 
three weeks, four weeks for unemployment to kick in. It's not like a like a safety net that happens right away. People are fucked. And he's like, or this 19-year-old bimbo dude can be on, you know, he needs a nice robe and to go like bang a gavel and be like, mm, I love fetuses and I hate humans. That is a good impression of him. Thank you. I was working on it this week. That's good. I wanted to ask you about this. This one bugged me for a lot of reasons, but okay. Franklin Graham, the evangelist, he says his usual horrible stuff. Uh, He runs a charity called Samaritan's Purse, which does good stuff, but also it's Franklin Graham, so you can never be too certain. One of the things they did this week is, again, huge charity, Mm -hmm. huge. They have, uh, if not a billion dollars at their disposal, it's not far from it. Okay. $664 There you go. Um, They set up a 68-bed respiratory unit in Central Park. It's one of the makeshift hospitals of sorts that they're trying to set up in New York City where there are more cases than anywhere else in the country. Mm -hmm. So good. Samaritan's Purse set up that station. They are trying to get people to volunteer and help run it who are qualified and know what they're doing, and that's all well and good. That's what you hope a charity Mm -hmm. does. That's what I'm sure a lot of people hope a Christian charity, quote-unquote, does like right Right. you are helping people in the midst of a crisis you have the money to do it you have the manpower to pull it off good you would think Mm -hmm. okay here's the but to all of that if you want to volunteer to work at this clinic they make you sign their statement of faith here's what's on their statement of faith you have to believe and i'm quoting here that marriage is exclusively the union of one genetic male and one genetic female yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Now not, they care about science. You're not just anti-gay, you're anti-trans as well. Trans people don't exist in their worldview. No, yeah, no. Ugh. You have to believe, and I'm quoting again, that God will, quote, banish the unrighteous to everlasting punishment in hell. So Jews got to be tortured for eternity. You also have to believe human life is sacred from conception to its natural end. So anti-abortion all the way through. So you have to believe these things to volunteer with the organization because they're a Christian group and they get to set their rules. Mm -hmm. So here's the question. Should New York City be partnering with a group like this? And this is where it gets dicey because New York City needs all the help it can get right now. And this is a Christian group that has the funding to pull off a thing like this that they actually need. Now, Samaritan's Purse has said, look, whatever our rules are for our volunteers... We get to set the rules for that. We are not going to mistreat any... We're not going to deny care to people who are gay or trans or whatever. How do we know? We're not going to treat anybody differently. We will provide the best care possible. But we get... So their argument is, who cares what our rules are? Our rules are our rules. I bet We are going to help anyone. So I think the, the pushback has come from some people who are like, if... You know, God forbid, I have to go to that clinic if I am gay or I am trans or what have you, or I'm Jewish or I'm atheist. Do I have to worry that I'm getting the best care from people who think I am doomed to eternal damnation? If I'm a brown person who goes there or you see my hijab or you see any symbol of what I believe or who I am, that is not a fitting comporting with whatever it is they believe in, should I be worried? And they're like, if I have to ask that question, maybe there's a problem. Whereas New York City is like, look, if we thought they were discriminating against patients, of course we wouldn't work with oh, them. Oh, but they're just discriminating against volunteers. Against and volunteers. So, that's so fine. the question is, what should the reaction be? I don't, 
my personal thought is, look, I, I, I don't know exactly what my answer is to this because they need help. Here's, Here's a group answer. offering help. If you're in New York City and you say, no, we don't want your help because you're, you're bigoted, which is true, but also you're denying possible care to people who need it. Here's what so I don't I don't know what the right answer is. Necessarily. Here's what I think, yeah. and I will say I'm fired up from that thing that we were talking about before that I blacked out. I don't remember what I was talking about. Why does the state? Why does the government? Why does New York have to bend its rules to accommodate these stringent bullshit? Uh, fundamentalist. Well, the question is, what are the rules? The rules are, you can't, I mean, the rules, whatever the rules are, you can't discriminate against the patients. And Graham's group says we are not. It's like Ark Encounter. In what universe is me having to, I can't volunteer there unless I denounce the fact that trans people exist and say, if you want to work with their group, correct. You can, you can volunteer in other ways with New York City, but you can't volunteer with their group. So the, the fucking state should have nothing to do with these people. And and the blood is not on New York State's hand. The blood is on Franklin Graham's fucking hands. If people don't get treatment because we're, we should not bring people in on this who are willing to discriminate against people freely and gleefully. It's horrible. These people are fucking monsters. If they are saying still... Today, in April 2020, when people are fucking dying by the thousands and they still insist on keeping up their standards of bigotry, then fuck them. Now, the blood is on their hands. So, okay. There was one state senator in New York, Brad Hoyleman, who basically is, has been the most vocal against partnering with them. But here's what he said. Um, he's putting them on notice, whatever that means. But he basically said, today I am calling on Franklin Graham to publicly assure LGBTQ New Yorkers that they will receive the same treatment as anyone else, dot, dot, dot. We, as the government, must monitor conditions closely at the facility and ensure every single LGBTQ patient is treated fairly. Which again, Graham's group has said, we comply with that. We are going to treat everyone fairly. This This is Hoyleman again. Sadly, beggars can't be choosers. New York needs every ventilator we can get, but homophobic pastor Franklin Graham and his field hospital operation, dot, 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 must make sure patients are treated with dignity and respect. Because New York has the resources to go in and do micromanagement on fucking Franklin Graham to make sure they're not being homophobic. Here's, let me add this to the equation. In the past, when they have done things that said, no, like... Here's an example. They do this thing, Operation Christmas Child. I think that's what it's called, where they say, we are going to... a good title. Uh, whatever. Why can't they even do titles well? <laughs> where they say, we are making like shoeboxes filled with stuff poor kids may need over the holidays, clothes or shoes or whatever it is. And we're going to get the donations and we're going to send them to groups that need it. And sometimes they partner with public schools to, to make these boxes and the, there's a couple problems with that. One is, why is a public school partnering with a Christian group? And there's always pushback. It's like, what do you have against them partnering with a group that's doing something good? Well, in some of these cases, they include material in the boxes that says we're a Christian organization, and they do proselytize that way. So this is the concern. If there's a Muslim patient with COVID-19 and they go into one of these clinics, who, yeah, you're right. Who's monitoring any of this? What happens if one of those volunteers is like, let me try to bring you closer to Jesus while I save your life? 
what do you, there's no way to really monitor it or stop it or whatever. And the fact that it's question, I mean, Here's, it's not like Franklin put out a statement saying there will be no proselytizing. No. He just said, no, we're going to help everybody. But their example Here's of help is bringing people to Christ. Here's, they do think that's a way to help people. Here's so, the thing. Yeah. If Franklin Graham is squatting on fucking ventilators that are needed by hospitals and... I don't know that he's doing that. But, but hypothetically, okay. but you're saying if they have ventilators, people need them. We need every, you said, we need every ventilator we can get. That's what the like Hoyleman said, Okay, yes. so that's what he said. So in this scenario that he's laying out then, right, Graham has access to these ventilators. In whatever way, shape, or form, he's offering health care. However, every ventilator, do you have? More? I don't have anything in front of me that contradicts that. Okay, and, and, and that's an assumption I'm making. But I, my point is, every ventilator, every Bed, every blood donation that goes to Franklin Graham is being taken away from atheists, Muslims, queer people, trans people, because they are almost certainly not going to feel safe going to an evangelical fucking hospital that is We've full, to- by definition, full of homophobes. We've talked about this when you, you don't always have a choice about where you go to a hospital, but if you end up going to a Catholic hospital... It's not the proselytizing isn't the problem, but your options for surgeries are limited. So if you're yeah, a woman with an ectopic pregnancy is who is going to die, and way. you emergency have to go to a Catholic hospital, they will not get rid of the fetus because that's an abortion. It so is, what are you going to do? And that's the problem. Here again, it's like if okay, let's suppose I have a I, here's the yeah who would be straight up fucking dead if she ended up at a Catholic hospital because she had an atopic pregnancy and yeah. would ectopic, have yeah. died. If Franklin's Graham, if Franklin Graham's group signed some statement, they haven't done this, but if they signed some statement saying, look, we will treat everyone equally, you can monitor the care we provide. Let's suppose, because this is his best case scenario that he's trying to push on everybody, let's say it is quality care for everyone who comes their way. Then, if you're in New York City, do you partner with this organization or do you say, oh, you can offer this much money and help and resources? Yes, come on board. Like, we need your help. We need all the help we can get right now. I don't think, legally speaking, it's not a problem. I don't think that's a problem. My concern is when it's associated with Franklin Graham, I don't trust him to do the right thing. No one should, because he's, he's been publicly a bigot for so long. But again, I don't, I don't know if I would do anything differently if I'm New York City in this case, because based on everything I've heard from them... They need everything. They don't have anything well, well, that enough of what they need. So it's like, oh, a group with resources wants to help. As long as they're going to provide care to everyone we put in their path, and they're not doing any shenanigans here and there, yeah, then fine, come what help. What we're looking at is the end result of centuries of religious privilege going unchecked, and now we're at the point that they have so much power that they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we have all this money. We can help people as long as they're Jesus-y enough. Right. Like, and I understand that they're not laying that down on patience. I do. I, I hear yeah. that. I just do. There is nothing in that church's history that leads me to believe that they will like be just and fair and open-armed to anybody who comes in. Like, Do you think like if a trans woman comes in, they're going to be like, super chill with her identity and give her the care that she requires? Or do you think they're going to be dick bags like they always are? Yeah, this, this is case, where I don't trust just, them enough to... Yeah, to, The fact that I'm hesitating is like, yeah, I don't trust them to always do the right thing, even though they say they totally will. 
and that's they the issue. They say that. Yeah, they do. And I mean, this, all, even the ones who are like, yeah, conversion therapy is cool. They're like, we're doing that because we love gay people. Because they're fucking walking nightmares. And they are killing people. Now, literally, they've always been killing people by not affirming people's gender, by not affirming people's sexuality. Groups like this have always been killing people. And now, literally, people are going to die of an illness because people are because they don't have access to care that isn't shrouded in bigotry and no if you're sick if you're dying you don't deserve to compromise your own life your own lifestyle your own person by going to people who don't believe in who you are it's bullshit and it has to stop fuck let's talk about more bigotry um i have one more uh that related I'm story i'm sweating really hard i, I see we... it um okay that's not a point <laughs> It's true, though. Your Whitesburg shirt is... <laughs> I'm sweating through my Whitesburg yeah. shirt. Um, this is one more separate thing, not it's with... fruit of the loose oh, cotton. Would, you know what? I would add to the Graham story. Remember when Ken Ham was trying to build Ark Encounter in Kentucky? Yeah. One of the pitches they made to the city that, they're, that they built it in is, look, give us a bunch of tax breaks and cheap land and whatever, because we want to build this tourist attraction in your city, and what are we going to do for you? We're going to bring all these jobs to your community. And what they didn't say at the time, years before it opened, what they didn't say then and what turned out to be the case is that for all the tax breaks they got from the city, for all the incentives they got from the state of Kentucky, they also limit their employment. And this is to everybody, not just like the curators or whatever, but to the janitors, to the food staff. You have to abide by their statement of faith, which is pretty much what Graham has as well. You have to deny the existence of trans people. You have to be anti-gay if you want to work anywhere for them. And again, if you're a progressive Christian, you can't work for them. If you're a Jew, you can't work for them. And this is why there was a lawsuit over why are they getting a tax break from the state of Kentucky for the next decade yeah, it's almost- if they're only giving jobs to people who are... Only their own kind. It's almost as and remember as the if, court said, uh, or the state of Kentucky, run by a Republican at the time, said it's fine. We're going to give them the tax break anyway. Uh, it's almost as if white evangelical Christians have made up their own fucking rules for years and years and years, and the government has been complicit at every level, and they've never been trustworthy. They've never. I shouldn't say never. I don't know that that's true, but we have example after example of people of these people saying well we deserve government funds we deserve tax breaks because we're so good for the community and no no no, you're good for your people right you're not good for the community at large and they never are they don't care about anybody they, they care about people in so much of they could become a member of their flock or their congregation yeah. or whatever they want to add tally marks and if they and if they aren't if i'm there and they're not going to get me into their church i am literally useless to them and they want not like they want they don't want to if i live in wherever kentucky that that whitesburg. is whitesburg it's not whitesburg i know that's not where the Arkansas is <laughs> <laughs> they don't give a fuck about me i'm useless to them they don't care if i'm doing well it's just i'm just uh, this is what we're living in right now and obviously i haven't been like talking to people for the last three weeks which is why i have a lot of emotions pent up but we're just looking right now at just the result of this anti, like the anti-science rhetoric that the right and the evangelical right has pushed for decades. It's come home to roost, and guess what? Two hundred thousand people might die in this country. They have been laid to sacrifice so that we could what limit abortions and make sure gay people could get married. Congratulations. 
good job, right? You really did a nice job. You got what you wanted. People are going to die. Cool. Great. That's great news. This is great. I'm going to finish this wine during... You do that. All right, I got one last story for you. This is also a bigotry. Here's an issue. Here's a case of where uh, oh God, you don't get to laugh at that. That came out my nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the ways you could fight back against COVID-19 is if you have someone who had the virus and is no longer with the virus, okay, you could yeah. get their blood and you could figure out, if, use that to build an the, immunity mm-hmm. of sorts. An- that's, I'm sure any scientist listening is like, that's not at all what's going on. But there's that idea. Um, he was on Jeopardy. I think he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, you know that's my... <laughs> Oh, you're in, you're fighting oh. with me about everything? Guess yeah. what? <laughs> Yesterday when there was a math question and you oh. buzzed in and I literally just yelled, heaven! There was <laughs> and Mikey a, couldn't stop the, laughing. The category <laughs> was this and that and we're like, I don't know what that I means. Have, I, even after so all the questions, all, I didn't know what it we meant. We all avoided it and the last question of the half was, all right, someone else said, I'll go there for a thousand and it was a fucking math question yeah. and I knew it in a second and, it was and like I'm like, solve for X. I don't even know if we all buzzed in for that one. I buzzed in like, hell, I got it right but I'm like, I should have gone to that category. Literally all I did was <laughs> yelled your name because I was like, finally, math teachers. It was just a straight up math question. I've never seen that before. Yeah, I hadn't either. Um, or anyway, bigotry. That's yeah, what I was talking about. Sure. So if you have the immune response of someone who has survived the virus, yes. that would be a good starting point. But you need blood to test it on. And right now, blood is at a shortage. People need blood donations. Oh, God. And one of the problems... Can gay people still can't donate blood? Yeah, gay people can't donate blood. Or The, the word is not gay, though. The, oh. the way, if you're donating blood, as anyone who has done it knows because they ask you this in the questionnaire Mm -hmm. the question says one of the many questions is have you if you're a man Mm -hmm. have you had sex with another man within the last 12 months and maybe that doesn't make you gay whatever Uh, label you want to use but if you have had sex in the past 12 months with another man you cannot donate blood or they can't use it and that's straight up from like the 80s, AIDS. Yeah, please. Um, And I don't know if they asked this question to men it makes sense that they didn't Um, but as a woman, they also ask, have you had sex with a man who has had sex with a man uh-huh. in the last six months? So it's not it's not just, I mean, obviously it's targeted at gay men, but it also extends to, like, if you have a boyfriend who's bi, like, right. that's that for you for And the thing months. is, they can test the blood. Like, there's yeah. no reason. They you do. Can, you can, it's not like they just take your blood and use it. They right. They <laughs> Test it. They make sure it's okay. And so the weird thing is like, why do you have these restrictions in place when you could just test the blood? If you're worried about HIV, which is when these rules kind of came into effect, like just test it. If it's good, why can't you use it? Right. And the thing that happened this week, the Food and Drug Administration announced this week, okay, you know what? There's a shortage of blood. We need blood. So we're going to loosen those restrictions on gay donors. And you're thinking, yay, finally, gay people can donate. Nope. They said, instead of, have you had sex with another man in the past 12 months, we'll put it down to three months. So if you... What the fuck? That's, yes, this was the good news, quote unquote. Now you have to abstain from having sex with men for only three months, if you're a man, instead of 12, if you want to donate, Mm. which is still stupid. That's terrible. And uh, NBC News had a story where they interviewed someone who was basically taking an HIV drug which was also, a, they, Truveda prevented him from donating blood because of that. And all the doctors are like, because the medical community who creates these rules, they see mm-hmm. his blood as unclean, not because he's doing anything high risk, but because 
of the sex of his spouse. Um, and again, if you ask people who know about this stuff, who, who work with this stuff, they're like, there's no reason to have this ban in yeah, place. Of course not. There's no reason you need to ask them this question. Just test the blood like we would with anybody else and use it if it's good. Yeah. It's fine. It's it's just an example of how bigotry still plays oh, a role so in everything. Oh, it's so stupid. Also, I have a question. If yes. anybody is associated with the Red Cross or whatever, I keep going to the Red Cross's website and they're like, and I've gotten like calls. We need blood. We need blood. And I go and there's one blood drive in two weeks and another in four weeks. Like, isn't there a place I can just go and donate like on a weekday? And I don't understand. I just want to give people my blood. It's very good blood. It's only three quarters wine at this point. (laughs) Um, We have time for one more story. Which one do you want? Oh, Christ. Um, Do I have one? Malaysia. Let's talk about Malaysia because that was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good, 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 good. Yeah, this is a good... um, Oof. Okay, so Malaysia is uh, actually has one of the highest uh, rates of infection of COVID in um, in Southeast Asia, I believe. Um, so you know everybody's doing their shelter in place thing, and the government's really trying to help families like hang out and be chill and all that stuff. Also, we should I, I should look up more information. But if you're trapped with like an abusive partner, there's resources for you and. I want to try to find that, and I'll tweet that out. Um, but, so the Malaysia Minis- Malaysia's Ministry for Women, Family, and Community Development issued a series of online posters on Facebook and Instagram with the... I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but it's laughable. With the hashtag, uh, women prevent COVID-19. Here's what women can do to prevent. Oh, good, my husband's prevent. here. He can hear these really good tips from Malaysia. <laughs> Mikey, listen oh, to this. <laughs> no, listen to this, baby. It advises the nation's women to help the country's partial lockdown by not nagging their husbands. The ministry also avoided women, uh, advised women to refrain from being sarcastic. How's that been going, sweetie? Finally. They advised gentle humor. <laughs> and it adjur- urged women working from home to dress up and wear makeup. What's up, baby? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's Whitesburg, you racist. <laughs> I had to check. They also told women you need to count to 20 before you respond to your husbands in anger. They did not tell husbands to do that. You know, it's another incredible thing that, that's happening. That, that, okay, so in Malaysia, they're telling people only the head of household should go grocery shopping, do yes. whatever essential business. Um, it didn't specify male or female, but most families took it upon themselves to be like, well, the men are like, I'm the head of the household. This is how I talk. Ha-ha, I'm Gaston, I guess. <laughs> um, and so they're like, well, I'll, I'll go grocery shopping. And they're fucking lost. <laughs> and they're like <laughs> giving each other tips of like, make sure you charge up your phone before you oh go because God. you really need it. And they're just like wandering around aisles, confused, staring at lists because I, I don't send Mikey out to grocery <laughs> shop because I do most of the shopping and he would be very, very lost. That's not... A concern of mine, because I very much like cooking, I'm very good at it, and he only fries things. But, like, imagine sending him out and be like, okay, Mikey, I'm going to make a pasta sauce from scratch. (laughs) Do you know what a shallot is? (laughs) Spoiler alert, he does not. One time I had him pick an avocado. It was a nightmare. (laughs) It was a whole fucking thing. The the posters also say uh, women should should, uh, learn how to do girlish giggling. (laughs) And Yep. (laughs) Yep. Learn how to laugh, woman. And then... That that wasn't a bit. That was... 
and then use a Doraemon like voice, which is the voice of a kid's cartoon. I could not do the voice for you if I tried. But basically, after there was some pushback, uh, imagine how many people had to see the development of these posters and no one said a thing. There is a reason that you need women. Yeah. <laughs> you need women in business. And so finally, the, the ministry finally responded. And they're like, we would like to apologize if several tips were inappropriate or if they touched on the sensitivities of certain groups. Oh, certain <laughs> groups like human women? Yes. We'll be more careful in the future. Um, so there's your apology. Sorry you were offended. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that was a, a lot for me to deal with. Um, <laughs> I would ask you what you're doing this next week, but the answer is Literally no one's nothing. doing anything. Um, tonight, oh, actually, the Twitter poll might have ended. I've been, uh, if you don't follow me on Twitter, um, my husband and I have been doing a, um, kind of, I guess I would call it a mini-series, um, about, it, it's on our Patreon feed, so you can get it. We've been doing, like, what, Yeah, if you're a Patreon a donor, uh, Patreon donor, then you have access to that feed with these. Yeah, so we've, I think we've done, like, seven or eight so far, um, and we're watching movies about people being trapped together, and then just having a conversation about it. It's genuinely been a lot of fun. Mikey and I have never really recorded together, but he is a film guy. He knows a lot about film. So it, it, it is an extremely, it, it's nice for us because it gives us a little structure and like forces us to sit down and talk to each other instead of watch TV, like the vagabonds we are. <laughs> but um, so if you are looking for something to watch, I think we're going to throw up one of the uh, one of the episodes on the main feed just so you guys can get a taste and see what we're doing. Sometimes we're, you know, like sometimes we've done The Shining and we've done, um, we did Alien, which Mikey's a huge fan of. We also did The Village, which Mikey fucking hates and was just angry the whole time. Um, but all that's to say is, you know, every couple days I'm posting a little Twitter poll to decide what... Uh, uh, what movie we should watch. So we do it in like themes. So tonight it's Hitchcock. So we have Lifeboat, Rear Window, Rope, and The Birds. Rear Window is currently winning, which is good. I don't like the movie The Birds. Um, so if you want to participate in that, that's great. We'll, we'll maybe throw one of those episodes up for you guys to listen to. Um, <laughs> really quick. Did you hear the Elon Musk thing? What? So Elon what do you Musk do now? is a straight up and down villain now. <laughs> So did you hear, see the order that he's like, oh, we sent a bunch of ventilators to whomever. Okay. And, well, first of all, he said, like, oh, I, he had somebody tweeted, like, oh, Elon Musk, where are these fucking things? And yeah. he was like, oh, I just got a message that they're, like, held up at Logan Airport or um, Heathrow Airport or whatever in, in London. London yeah. And Heathrow responded, like, nah, dude, <laughs> we don't got them. <laughs> and then... <laughs> He sent them, like, the wrong kind of ventilator mask. <laughs> so they're fucking useless. So I guess what I'm saying is eat the rich. Um, <laughs> when I get my... Moral of the story. When I get my check, turns out, guess how much it costs to build a guillotine? How much? $1,200! So that's what I'll be doing. Anyway, <laughs> fuck billionaires. Y'all are nightmare people. Um, I've also spent a lot of my day... Oh, this is what I'll be doing this weekend. I'm on all of my dumb, like, Aurora Naperville Facebook groups. Yes. And there's, like, really cool people who are like, oh, my tenants didn't pay rent. As soon as this thing's over, I'm going to evict them right away. And I just call them out for being nightmare people. Nice. So that's been fun. Um, really fulfilling my life. I also found out where you could watch um, Great Canadian Bake Off which I did watch in the last 24 hours and nailed it. 
also very good. But watch a lot of TV, Hammond, is what I've been doing. I have no <laughs> idea what we're talking about anymore. Nothing. Um, uh, what else? Oh, uh, I'm in the middle of an episode of The Dollop, which is one of my favorite podcasts, and they're doing a really cool story about, um, they're calling it The Textbook Riot, The Textbook, West Virginia Textbook <coughs> something, War. Um, and it's essentially about in the, I think in the 70s, when people in West Virginia were like, what? They're teaching about multiculturalism and atheism? Fuck this. And they like went on strike and shut down schools. It's a very good episode. It's like all about book burning and shit like that. Um, I guess we're done, huh? We're good. We'll be around next week. Yeah. We got nothing else going on. It's all <laughs> Literally good. Literally nothing. Um, you can follow me at Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. I'm at Hemant Meta. Um, hey, if you, I was just telling Hemant I got this writing gig and it's been delayed because of COVID. So if you want to support us, you can either go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast, or you can go to my Etsy shop at bitches get stitch done. Um, if you want to order something, I do custom work, things like that. That would be very helpful for me, uh, this month. Um, you're supposed to read a review. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Um, so we hit that level so i'm gonna go into my app let's see we have 758 ratings Um, i'm gonna go ahead and read the first if you convert that to internet money it's nothing zero dollars and zero cents but makes me feel good in my heart there you go um so this review is titled heart and it is by one two five oh nine so (laughs) a robot okay um, back in high school, I discovered Hemant's videos on the Atheist Voice channel, and it's and it's what led me on my journey to becoming an atheist. I recently started listening to the podcasts, and I knew I would enjoy this one since I'm a fan of Hemant's content. Jessica helps make the podcast even better. They're both fantastic, and I love listening each week. Oh, thank you. Yeah, some really nice ones. Somebody talked about how they had suicidal thoughts, and we helped them through them, which oh, is very, very sweet. Um, anyway, so... That's sweet. Thank, Thank you, you for that. So leave us a five-star review. I will uh, read it on the show, maybe. Um, anything else? No. Did you I, say I just want to say thank you. Yeah, uh, I'll just say once again to anyone who sent me nice messages uh, about Jeopardy stuff, thank you. Again, I really appreciate it. Uh, cool opportunity. Obviously, if you are considering doing it, reach out to me. I'll give you whatever advice I can, but uh, go take the test. It's at their website. It's at their website. Go take it. It's fun. Can I tell you that I suspected you one when you said you wanted to have a Jeopardy watch party? And I was like, if he lost, he would not invite (laughs) humans over to his house. He barely wants to do that anyway, let alone to see him like go down in flames. Of the contestants who competed that week, someone did have a Jeopardy watch party and I'm like, I know they lost, (laughs) Um, but they did it really well. And they were Mm. like answering questions for their family members and live streaming it. I'm like, they, they did it really well sure. the way they did it was well done um and they answered so many things that were going on backstage that no one ever talks about mm. and it was really neat oh, that's even nice. though i was there i'm like oh yeah i oh, remember that it was cool yeah um so we might be toying with doing remote podcasting soon so if you hear a shift in quality that's why we're, we're doing our best to stay safe uh, but keep putting out the show thanks everyone bye, bye.